Hey, Sam. Hey, Sandra. How's it going? Um, this week was very intense in terms of work. I had a lot of just deadlines happening and generally my work is a little more flexible with deadlines so for all the deadlines to kind of just happen at once was like ah, 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 overwhelming and then a lot of my <laughs> deadlines are dependent on other people who are also just like oh. not necessarily the best with deadlines so I was like ah, I'm technically done but like this isn't done so this hasn't happened ah, la, la, la. and it's not uh. it's not stressful in a bad way it's more like shit I gotta get this shit done so yeah that's kind of how my week went but a good thing is that i think today after filming this episode most likely i mean pretty sure (laughs) i'm gonna go to an a's game (laughs) which is cool because i've never been to a baseball game in the united states i went to a baseball game while i was (gasps) living in korea i'm trash i know i'm from la i've never been to a dodge game wow (laughs) i've never been i've been to soccer games you rep la so hard i've been at galaxy and chivas usa games all right and games between the usa and mexico and mexican soccer games they're not the dodgers they're not the doyers they're not the doyers i know i know i'm trapped don't you have like a dodger sweater too? i have a dodger sweater i have baby pictures take this shit off no (laughs) (laughs) i have baby pictures of me wearing dodger gear like i think my family has been to dodger games but they haven't been in like 20 years so maybe i did go as a baby who knows probably not though let's go this summer yo we should we should go to the all-star game that's what mirtha was suggesting uh remember so if anyone wants to go to the all-star game we should all like squat up and go to the all-star game at dodger stadium and i mean it might be expensive but like you know treat yourself have a good hangout with your friends or fam so yeah that's probably my giggle for this week what about you that's hella dope though um shit Oh, okay. So both my shit and giggle revolve around 420. <laughs> um, <laughs> for all my smokers. Faded, for all my faded people. No. <laughs> no, but um, it was good. Like in the sense that I got to get really high. That's my giggle. I was just <laughs> like watching yes. anime and just like enjoying my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my shit is I got a craving for chili cheese fries. Did you go to, so Tommy's? I went to Tommy's? Yeah, I dro- yeah, I drove to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really close to Tommy's, so, yeah. Yeah, well, okay, so I live really close to two of them. I went to the one in Hollywood because there's a drive-through oh, true, true. versus the one on Ra- on Rampart where there is no drive-through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't want to wait. Yeah. And so um, I was driving there, the cop behind me, for like four or five blocks, and I was just like, bruh. I'm trying to enjoy my high because I, I was already like super faded. So, why are you admitting to driving? <laughs> Don't do that um, on the air. <laughs> no, yeah, but yes. Yeah, so I saw cops, and then on the way back, I saw another cop, or no, two cops on motorcycles in front of me, and so it was like hella stressful, and I was just not there for it. And so I think that's my shit that there seems to be more increased police activity in my neighborhood as of late yeah so i'm starting to see a lot more of them and i don't know how i feel about it i think it's because of all these new buildings coming up too yeah gentrification so yeah. yeah that's my shit that's my shit that's my shit what song did you bring for us this week sandra okay so there's a story to this song i so <laughs> i recently got sam into Jesus and miro aka the bodega boys and I've been obsessed with them for a do, 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 do. <laughs> I've been obsessed with them for about like a year and a half, I think. I heard them in like an Uber ride to downtown LA to go to Mirta's twenty first like birthday celebration. <laughs> and we went to the conga room because we were trash. And I remember cracking up and my Uber driver was cracking up too. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And then uh, he let me know. And I was like, all right, keep an eye on them. Because I remember they were talking about, like, Dominican shit. I was like, oh, shit, they're Latino. What's up? So it's like uh, Jesus, who's Jamaican, and then Miro, who's Dominican. And they're from the Bronx, from New York. They're fucking funny. They just say, like, shit that, like, I've never thought of. And I love them. And Sam loves them, too. (laughs) 
so they're fucking great i know they inspire us they're pod goals we have often been dropping references nowadays and so <laughs> gang gang and <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> miro he goes on insta all the time and he does like live streams of him just like getting faded and like listening to music and answering <laughs> questions like he doesn't do shit like he's literally just faded and getting faded and the first one i ever saw he was playing this song so this is like very recent i have never actually been on his like live ig stories so he was just playing this on loop and i was like what song is this fucking i love it like i like the beat and everything so the song this week is japan by <laughs> famous dex i keep thinking dex adapts which is the from the previous week. <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of dexters <laughs> But it's a it's an interesting video. It's it's cute, but it's also kind of like hmm. <laughs> problematic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I I like it, and it's a lit beat. This is the song Japan by Famous Jax. Get that money to the top, never stop. Mixing river white, used to sell that boy rock. Ooh, but I'm the man. Cuban down his dance. Had to fuck a friend, I might put it on the ground. Baby girl, I just love the band. Fifty thousand in That's a good song. It's a good like. I'm lit, and I'm trying to get more lit. Song. yeah it's like a good like pregame song you're about to go yeah. out with your friends like i just popped this in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> i like the, the the little anime uh dexter's laboratory like reference and yeah it's a good song i don't know it's it's really cute y'all should definitely check it out mm-hmm. watch out for the lean waterfall i know the lean he's <laughs> 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 cool though they're cute they're cute so this week we're gonna go ahead and talk about one of my favorite topics, immigration. Woo. But we're gonna go ahead and take about it in a hella. This is like fucked up and dehumanizing and just disgusting system, which is also my favorite thing because it is. So you know, if you watch the news, if you go online, read articles, whatever, you're gonna notice that immigration has come up a lot more recently, and it's mostly due to the president and his administration's nativist and racist comments towards migrants. You know, we have. Trump, who started his campaign out with, you know, Mexicans are rapists, drug dealers, you know, you you know the rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a, a heavy focus on border politics, but there's also mentions of reducing asylum entries into the United States, like getting rid of the visa lottery program. And so, like, even though the president himself is racist and just disgusting, I think what he draws to the forefront is the complexity of immigration. So it's not just about border politics. It's also about, you know, people who are are overstaying their visas, people who are fleeing danger and people who are seeking refuge in the United States. But despite, you know, the complexity of it all, the U.S. seems to have taken this one answer to immigration, which is fuck no. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially, Mm -hmm. it's just like, like, no, Mm -hmm. we're not doing this anymore. Fuck TPS. Fuck DACA. Fuck asylum. Fuck everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like if there's one thing we can say about immigration there's a big fuck no next to it mm-hmm. according to trump yeah and so you know even though the trump administration has been very vocal and open about their process to remove protections that existed i think it's important to talk about the violation of human rights of migrants and how this has been an issue for years you know that we're, we're, we're talking more than just the trump administration now this has been going on since obama since bush clinton since the 90s since honestly fucking Chinese yeah exclusion like since the 1800s yeah like yeah <laughs> for a very long time this is 
the foundation of America is built on a fuck no to immigration, yep. TBH. Yep. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and talk about the history of ICE because that's what a lot of people are very concerned about right now. And then we're going to go ahead and tell y'all the difference between ICE and Customs and Border Patrol and ICE detention centers. And then we're going to go ahead and talk to y'all about what the detention centers actually look like and what kind of conditions they have in them. And then at the end, we're going to go ahead and give y'all, you know, your rights. So stick around. This is going to be a really, really, really intense episode very intense hey but shout out to yeah. sam because this is sam's like forte sam went heavy i helped a bit but i must say that this <laughs> is like sam 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 all of this is sam so shout out to you i love you thank you for yeah. your dedication to this topic and it is thank a you. great thing to be informed about because i'm i mean this is going to be the title because it's a fucking fact ICE is a modern day Gestapo. Like, I'm gonna throw that out there. I'm not even gonna blink an eye. Beep, 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 beep. Fucking the FBI agent <laughs> listening take. to me is like, oh, really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, check. Sandra. Hmm. <laughs> but it's true. So that's essentially the fucking theme of this episode that ICE is a modern day Gestapo and it's fucking trash. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and talk to y'all about the Department of Homeland Security. So contrary to modern belief and public thought, the Department of Homeland Security was created as a response to 9-11. And it was just existing departments consolidated into one huge department. And so we want to talk to y'all a bit about like the history of Border Patrol and like detention and what it had meant in the 19th century, 18th century and what it came to mean under ICE. So the Customs and Border Patrol started as a response to Chinese migration in the late 19th century. So this is when like, you know, manifest destiny, the US is moving west. What do they move west with? Railroads. Who's building those railroads? Chinese migrants. But then we come in with the Chinese Exclusion Act and all these acts meant to exclude Chinese people from coming in. And so the path of migration would actually be from China to Mexico and then coming into the US through the U.S.-Mexico border. And so a lot of CBP efforts, you know, folks stationed in the South, mm-hmm. they were there, but they were there weren't a lot of there. And so we saw this whole movement of how CBP was largely focused on the North, especially during the 1920s. So this change into like putting CBP in the North had to do with prohibition. Mm-hmm. And so during, during the 1920s, when prohibition was a thing, a lot of people, since, you know, a large population of the U.S. was concentrated in the East Coast at this point, there were most efforts to keep people from, like, smuggling alcohol. And where do they smuggle alcohol? From their neighbor of the North, Canada. Yeah. And so CBP was largely focused in the northern U.S. to keep people from smuggling alcohol. And so then when the Immigration Acts of 1921 and 24 came in, they set quotas on migrants, the number of them who could enter. And so Border Patrol became seen as like, this is an essential thing, you know? We need to count how many people come in and we need to put people there to actually count yeah. what's, like who's coming in. This actually changed in the 80s and 90s, the 1990s. Do you want to go ahead and talk to us about it, Sandra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the 80s and 90s, during the Clinton administration, there was a push because there was a there was a massive migration in the 80s and 90s from Mexico and from a lot of Latin American countries because of the Civil War in in Mexico. The peso was devalued and there was like an economic crisis and. So there was just many, many events in Latin America that essentially destabilized basically fucking Mexico all the way down to like South America, Argentina, everywhere. So there was just a massive Latin American migration to the United States. And they would go in through the two big zones, San Diego and El Paso, which was largely like unsecured. Like you could literally just like cross the river, hop the fence. And then CBP focused there to essentially militarize the border and secure it more intensely with like huge fences, Mm -hmm. everything. Deter people from entering there. And they left borders like the Sonoran Desert and through Texas, through the Rio Grande. Mostly unpatrolled and they didn't focus there because they assumed that these would be like 
natural like land barriers deter yeah to deter yeah. people from crossing there because it's a very literally a very dangerous place to cross it's super super expansive desert very hot you know you can die of dehydration or you can drown through the river because it's a huge river but obviously people are like trying to fucking flee so if you can't go in through san diego or el paso you're gonna fucking go through wherever you can so smugglers were taking people through these zones there is no doubt that focusing on urban hubs in terms of migration has pushed people to go through these and because of that border crossing deaths skyrocketed and a big example mm. of how this administration has been dealing with border deaths is essentially like ignoring it and they were declining but now they have increased rapidly despite the number of border crossings falling so there's a few really good articles mm from ProPublica and The Guardian about how border deaths are still persisting and rising despite crossings being lessened by the Trump administration, essentially. like Their rhetoric against immigrants has been deterring people from crossing over. So there is also a few other stories of how humanitarian groups that leave water, the border patrol people, mm. they're instructed to destroy these things, destroy any sort of help for people who are crossing the desert you know they could die of dehydration yeah. all these things and there have actually been charges placed on a lot of these humanitarian groups as well and i can link to those those stories also on our website which is very interesting that now ice and just border control in general is going after american citizens for trying to help people not die so the border control has yeah. been very interestingly transitioning into more of like a militant approach versus like humanitarian where like a lot of people a lot of border patrol do help people if they see them in danger and if people come up to them asking for asylum there is protocols for border patrol to take them but take them in for an asylum versus just deporting them you know there is a different process yeah. so it's it's very interesting how border patrol and ICE have been intertwining in suppressing immigration. Yeah, yeah. and they're actually both under the Department of Homeland Security now. Mm -hmm. So CBP was added to the Department of Homeland Security when U.S. Customs Service, which is what it used to be known as, joined the Department of Homeland Security. And ICE joined the Department of Homeland Security, or was created under the Department of Homeland Security, when the former INS, the Immigration and Naturalization Services, joined the DHS as what it's now known as, which is USCIS. And so ICE is the, you know, whereas Border Patrol is like, you know, literally on the border, ICE is the, the fucking people who are elsewhere, who are going throughout the fucking country, who are the Minutemen, you know, as they so proudly call themselves in, I think it was Escondido. All these, like, I don't even know, like, rent-a-cops, I want to call them. Who Secret just, police. Like, <laughs> yeah, Gestapo. like, yeah, yeah, exactly like the Gestapo is just like they're fucking I don't know it's a surveillance state that they're just going out and picking up all of these people and so mm -hmm. where are they taking them to the ICE detention centers so now we're going to go into it and tell y'all a bit about how they were created so I was listening to this really dope interview by WNYC a nonprofit in New York they interviewed Professor Jackie Stevens from Northwestern University's Deportation Research Clinic she talked about how there had been no formal detention center system from 1915 to 1984 and how people were held informally for short periods of times so essentially before 1981 there was no detention if you were ordered to be removed or deported then it was up to you to deport yourself you know to see your way out of the country there was no one there to actually like ensure that you were on a plane going back to your home country and so in 1952, INS, Immigration Naturalization Services, gains the authority for housing, to house migrants. They give it up in 1954. This isn't revisited, like they don't ever like ask for housing again until the 1980s when there's an arrival of a large number of Haitian migrants. And so mm -hmm. then in 1984, we actually see the first private contract with CCA, which is the Corrections Corporation of America, you know, your for-profit fucking prison system. Your favorite fucking poor profit prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
uh yeah making their first fucking contract with ins for a detention center and so then this just changes because we're gonna go ahead and like actually tell y'all how making these for-profit detention centers from 1984 to the present have changed so in 1996 the criteria for making people deportable or removable as they like to call it changed so this went from 55,000 like migrants who could be removed in 1996 to 400,000 plus during the Obama administration so you know this goes into the idea of like you know if you're opening the criteria for removability you're trying to get more people out of the country and so where are you going to put all of these people where are you going to put them to make sure that they're attending their court hearings or that they are being removed and mm-hmm. so that's when congress you know fucking congress is like oh my god let's like you know make sure that we're housing people like let's put a number on it so in 2010 congress passes a law called the detention bed mandate and so this mandate is that 34,000 migrants have to be in custody in detention centers nationwide every single night so every single day there have to be 34,000 migrants detained like this number could be more if it's more they're minimum. obviously happier yeah mm-hmm. but a minimum of 34,000 every day and so this is the due to the the belief that migrants need to be detained in order to be properly deported so it's just like a really twisted idea because when we actually go into like what conditions in these centers are that's when y'all are just gonna be like what the fuck and this is happening yeah we give you a map yes. of where it's happening to you so yeah yeah so I, you know. <laughs> I, yeah there is this there is this you can find your fucking local ice detention center and just like post yeah. up we will also provide a map of all of the ice detention centers all the links to what sam just referred to the interview and everything wnyc is like a public radio nonprofit, so they're really great and mm. i think we should go further into the actual privatization of ice detention centers which is something that has been very interesting because we have been publicly, I think as the United States, saying that for-profit prison is not good. But the fact that this has been kind of overlooked in terms of ICE detention centers, that they don't call themselves prisons, so they don't have to abide by prison guidelines Mm -hmm. because they're detention centers, which is like, what the fuck is the fucking difference? But they, this is essentially how they are able to slip under the cracks and not abide by prison guidelines, prison rights, civil rights, and human rights literally all the fucking types of rights so i was reading this really fascinating report by the aclu this report comes from september 2016 and it's essentially on like the profiteers and like what privatization of ice detention centers looks like and so in the summer of 2016 there were 37 migrants detained daily of those 37,000 about 73% were in private for-profit detention centers, meaning that they were essentially bought out by these like really private companies like Geo Group or like Sheriff's Associations or Sheriff's County, different private orgs buying these. And here's the kicker, you know, they don't have to send info on their conditions, like, you know, the conditions they're housing migrants in to ICE or to Congress, you know, like that's that's what fucks me up. It's just like they can do what they want and they don't have to report to anybody. Yeah. And they protect their privacy very fucking well from mm. what I've seen through a lot of investigative pieces of detention centers. They are like, oh, we're the private institution. We don't have to abide by these guidelines. We're not going to give you any information on this. They keep yeah. their fucking information locked tight yeah then we talk about eloy detention center in arizona i actually was calling eloy because we had a client in our office who was being detained there and my experience from talking with some of the officers is that like you said that they are not talking to anybody they're not giving answers they're not being helpful at all that their whole mission is to make these people like untrackable so like you know once a person goes into the detention center system they can't be found essentially for a while unless they're reaching out And so Eloy Detention Center is very infamous in the sense that there have been 14 deaths since 2003, according to this article, which was from September 2016. So it made it the most deadly detention center. Some of these deaths are due to suicide, but there are no suicide, or at least in May 2015, there was no suicide prevention plan in place when Jose, you know, this detainee killed himself. Mm -hmm. Jose de Jesus, sorry. 
So what's interesting is that when you brought this up and you showed this to me in our outline, I remembered the name immediately because Latino USA did this really, really amazing investigative piece on essentially finding out what the fuck happened to this person and why Eloy Detention Center is the fucking deadliest detention center and why the most deaths are happening there. So when the family found out that this person, Jose de Jesus, killed himself, they they got no details. There was nothing. There was no closure. They were just like, he died. And like, no answers, no nothing, which is fucked up, right? So they want to know who's responsible. They want to know what happened. Like, what's up? So this story really goes into Freedom of Information Acts and like why detention centers are allowed to kind of keep things secret. And they did find, you know, information on like medical attention, like how fast was it called in? Were people there when they noticed that he was choking or like had passed out from choking? Were they being helped? Was he being given medical, the proper medical attention essentially to have stopped this? Could this have been prevented? Were they watching out for his suicidal like symptoms, which means that you have to be patrolled and watched more closely to make sure that you don't or people yeah. don't kill themselves. This is a very, very emotional and definitely a very great piece of journalism that I think people need to listen to. So I highly recommend it. Obviously, content warning, like it, this is very emotional, you know, suicide, death, incarceration. But yeah. it's something that, I highly recommend to to be informed about. No, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, once you start actually getting into these cases, it just really puts you in this mindset of like, yo, these places are where fucking people go to die. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what it comes down to. Like, that's why they are a gestapo, you know, ISIS sending people to, sometimes to their deaths. And so there's the, the case of Raul Ernesto Morales Ramos, He's a migrant from El Salvador who died due to lack of treatment in detention centers. So he was detained in two separate detention centers. One of them was operated by Orange County's Sheriff's Department. And the other detention center is Adelanto, which is operated by Geo Group. So both of these were private, you know, facilities. And so, you know, independent doctors who are not affiliated with ICE or with the Sheriff's Department or, you know, Geo Group, conducted their you know exams on Raul and they suggested that he was diagnosed with cancer back in 2013 died in 2015 due to a lack of treatment due to substandard medical care he was only given ibuprofen when he asked for treatment you know like and the only thing ibuprofen would do would be alleviate his you know symptoms it wouldn't cure anything at all and so essentially like here's a man who was diagnosed with cancer in a detention center was held there for the next two years denied treatment for cancer and died because they just either didn't care or didn't pay enough attention or just didn't really follow through with it at all yeah i don't know it's just it makes you really think about just the the conditions these people are living in and like how grotesque they can be just because these are like fucked up things that they're doing to them you know they're denying them medical care they're denying them the right to see a doctor you know like this is a man who was transported to the palmdale like medical center and he died there yeah he's like not he was not treated humanely in any fucking way and being denied any type of fucking medical attention and even if his case was legitimate or not he was not even given any chance to defend himself to defend his immigration case and like defend for his fucking life which is ridiculous like you can't even say that you are sick and you're just gonna be you're just gonna be abandoned you're like these places are so isolated that people aren't even informed that their family members were detained it's it's just kind of ridiculous like how secretive these places are there are laws for mandatory detention before you are given a case i think you're only allowed to be detained for 72 hours before you're up for essentially like a court hearing but All of these people in in similar ways with regular prisons, people are kept way too long because there's just a huge backup of people. So they're not able to have court hearings, they're not able to have court dates. Detention and detention conditions, they're not following the rules that they have in place for themselves as well. I don't know. I think it's just, it's sad to hear about these cases of like 
conditions that they are being placed under but then i think it's also worse when you think about the the future you know the future implications though like what could possibly come to be in these detention centers and so you know there there's an article by the guardian about how the director of office for refugee resettlement is not allowing for women to exercise their constitutional right to have an abortion and so a lot of these are mm-hmm. minors coming from other countries and some of these minors may be pregnant due to rape or sexual assault that they suffered in their countries and so they cannot pursue an abortion under the new director of the office of refugee resettlement and his director also has a history of being anti-abortion yeah he, he worked for knights of columbus a catholic fraternal society that has for years funded attempts to you know criminalize abortion and like diminish reproductive health and just like targeting these women and like forcing them to not even i don't know just live this life and like face these conditions and just suffer essentially yeah and a lot of these attention centers aren't created to hold people long term they're meant for temporary holding that's why they're not considered prisons because they're considered temporary holding locations essentially before you are granted your asylum case or your you know removal proceedings or anything like that and so there's multiple people just like there's pictures and videos of people like laying on the floor with the emergency blankets there is like no real enforcement of any kind of laws on fucking ice detention centers so people are just like in a fucking little room all huddled up sleeping on the cold ground like with no real bed and the fact that you're supposed to have the 34,000 beds and all this shit but I'm like where are the fucking beds like I don't even see these shits (laughs) it's just really disgusting like how we're really like overlooking this and how people have no real representation and when you have no real representation because if you are detained and you're going through immigration proceedings you are not required a a lawyer like any other American citizen you know like I have the right to a court-appointed lawyer yeah. Um, immigrants don't have that. So I, I read the statistic of like 30% of immigrants that do have a lawyer, they can plead for asylum and they're able to go through legal immigration proceedings. But 3% of people that don't have a lawyer go through these legal proceedings and they, they essentially don't know the laws. Like they're not from this fucking country. They don't speak English most likely. How are they going to represent themselves? And I think John Oliver also made a very good point with uh, a video he made of like how children, like three-year-olds, especially recent arrivals, are forced to also represent themselves, which is ridiculous that we're having fucking kids represent themselves in court. Like, what the fuck? Like, obviously, they don't understand like laws. Normal people don't understand laws and immigration law. So how are we supposed to protect anyone and then we just send them back like what the fuck like oh what it just it's it's twisted it's just fucked up so twisted like you can't there is no way to win there really isn't i don't know it just it disgusts me and like how you said how there's no accountability there's this no like there's this article about how oh a woman was asked for a bribe. The ICE officers who detained her asked her to give them an amount between two thousand and three thousand dollars, and they would not turn her over. So yeah, you know, like yeah, like it it just freaks me out because like you know there's no guarantee. You know, say she had that money and she paid it, there's no guarantee that another officer yeah. won't come for her tomorrow, or just yeah. the fact that they're even asking for money. Just straight up, it's like there's clearly some fucked up that's illegal shit going on yeah like no, just yeah, straight yeah. up and this story i also read it this woman she was like approached by an ice officer because i think she lived in a complex where someone ice was actually looking for and had a warrant yeah. for an arrest mm-hmm. was there so she was she has no crime she has nothing like this was a, a woman who was just fucking living her life supporting her family and ice came up to her and was like okay, we're not going to arrest you because you have like not done any crimes at all, but yeah. we're going to keep this off the books if you pay us, which yeah. is fucking like bribes, ex- extortion, <laughs> like blackmail. Like it's, it's all these fucked up shit. And this article also went into how this woman, even if she wanted to report something, she can't because in a- arrest reports, ICE officers are not required to be named. Yeah. So you can't even fucking report like your officer that that arrested you 
because they protect ICE officers so well that they don't even know who is doing these arrests. They're essentially like irreportable. And then like you mentioned, if like a lot of people who enter these detention centers maybe don't know how to get an attorney on their case, these cases are never going to be like set in court. And like if mm-hmm. they can't even name the officer, there's there's no fucking lawsuit. It's just exactly right there. So it's just like even if you could get an attorney, even if like you were one of the lucky ones, so what? Like it doesn't matter if the case is never gonna make it. And that's the the kind of like odds that are stacked against migrants in ICE, in detention centers, in the Department of Homeland Security. It's just the immigration system itself is not meant to help migrants, and it's fucked up. Not at all. Not at all. And now yeah. we're gonna make y'all mad. More mad if you yeah. are mad. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Arpaio. <laughs> Arpaio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In relations to state and local government cooperation with ICE, which I think has been also if you're yeah. in California, a massive topic because California declared itself a sanctuary state. So like mm-hmm. all cities in the state of California are prohibited to cooperate their police with ICE. ICE is essentially not getting help. And a lot of people that do get deported, um, from what I remember reading, is that most of them are from like traffic violations, you know, driving without a license. Yeah. So a lot of like low level infractions, essentially. But because they can't say like, you know, I'm a citizen or anything like that, or I'm legally here, they would get turned over to ICE. So there's many ways that like Arizona, for example, tried to profile people. And I mean, you want to go into it? So. No, yeah. Arpaio. <laughs> Sorry. Arpaio. I'm just like, ooh, Ugh. America's toughest sheriff. Ooh. I don't know. This is a piece of information that I didn't know until I worked on a campaign that was targeted in Maricopa County towards getting voters to vote against Arpaio. But apparently you vote for your sheriff. I didn't yes. really know that, but um, yeah. So Arpaio was elected to be the sheriff of Maricopa mm-hmm. County. So people in wanted Arizona. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like where it gets really twisted. So in 1993, he opened his famous tent city. Tent city is like it sounds a city made out of tents. These are old Korean War tents that have been repurposed to house migrants. You know, quote unquote house, just because it's literally like a carpa you know like it's a tent yeah <laughs> and it's just there for the rain and these are the tent cities located in you know maricopa arizona and so it's dry as fucking arizona it gets cold as fucking night and so all of these detainees are being left out to the fucking conditions of the desert you know they're dealing with 110 plus degree weather during the summer they're dealing with really cold like 40 degree or under Witners. So it's just like these people are out there. And so Tent City opened in 1993 and was officially closed in October 2017. But that's 24 years. You know, that's like one of our peers could have lived their whole life. Like, I mean, I lived all my life with Maricopa County being open. Yeah. Until like, like, you know, what, six months ago. I don't know. It's just twisted. And like, it cost 8.6 million, sorry, um, dollars to keep it open. And so Arpaio was also being investigated and dealing with various criminal lawsuits for his treatment and profiling the migrants, which are costing taxpayers like hundreds of thousand dollars also. It was easy to get him out of office once he became like this huge controversial figure. And it really seemed like I really hoped and like prayed that he would, you know, face his fucking jury of his peers and like be fucking condemned and the justice system would fucking work. And then Trump was like... It's cool, bro. <laughs> it's cool, bro. You are, you are the face <laughs> of a proper immigration system. Yeah. The way that you racially profiled people and the way that you enforced immigration was of a gold standard. That's like shit he said. He was like, yeah. Joe Arpaio, like, the way that you handled immigration was beautiful. Humans' rights conditions? Fuck that shit. I, oh, shit. I love the way you fucking... <laughs> have people in tents that had literally no history there was people who he detained that were like american citizens you know yeah he detained people that just looked any type of fucking like latinx any type of fucking brown and was like yeah you're probably an undocumented person you're probably an illegal the fuck and here you go go to prison and he mismanaged 
a lot of funds. He yep. took so much money from the people of Maricopa County. Also, sorry to Maricopa County, like the people who really wanted him out, but also fuck you, Maricopa County, for yeah, like for electing dealing him. with this for like 24 fucking years and being okay with it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you don't, you probably don't care about immigrants. Like, yeah. And poor people who have been living there, the poor, like, Latinx people who have been living there, like, are probably just like fuck like this is a sketch ass place to live and it is like yeah until 2017 like what happened obama like i thought you were for us like yeah what is this this is ridiculous like i thought that shit closed i thought that shit had been closed that stupid ass tent city the fact that that was still open until my october 27th that's my birthday like that was just like six seven months ago yeah No, and I think what's worse is that Arpaio was very open. He was never, like, ashamed of, of like, oh, no, this is my hidden tent city. Like, no, it was like, yo, come here. Check out my tent city. Look what I'm doing to these people. Like, isn't this cool? Isn't this cost-effective? Shouldn't there be tent cities everywhere? Like, that's what he was fucking doing and going on a fucking media campaign showing off his tent city. Yeah, He would make them, like, wear pink and, like, all this shit to, like dehumanize people and i don't know what the fuck like i remember he did shit that was just like so twisted like you are a fucking demon yeah Ugh. i fucking hate him sorry he's no he's not trash. sorry literally no trash. he is a fucking devil like i don't fuck with him ready to fight this fool like i'm i don't know where the fuck it's i'm gonna see you, but get ready for a fucking <laughs> fight like oh i uh. hate him Arpaio. Yeah, no, yeah. Arpaio, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know. Uh, (laughs) Fuck. But I think it's just a clear example of the laws between city states and sanctuary laws. And also Arizona had that law that that was being proposed a few uh, years ago, SB 1070, which allowed allowed police to essentially like ask people for papers at like traffic stops. Yeah. If they saw that you were someone of a suspicious um, uh, citizenship, uh, you know, Melanin everything. Composition. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it reminds me of the Peter Griffin meme yeah. where it's like, what color are you? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's what they would do. But basically, that's what they wanted to fucking do. And now it, there's like... Uh, <laughs> I heard about this uh, in in like California news or whatever. But the city of Los Alamitos, right? Mm-hmm. Alam- no, Alamitos. The city yeah. of Los Alamitos is trying to get out of the California sanctuary law because they want ICE to cooperate, to cooperate. with the police. <laughs> wow. And this is in I think around San Diego. It's like southern Southern California, oh. and they're <laughs> sorry. The mayor started a GoFundMe. For the city of Los Al- uh, Alamitos to fight the state of California in court to be... Because they can't afford to fight the state of California uh, because it's fucking expensive. Yeah. Right? And they're, they're a small city. And yeah. they are just like, yeah, we're going to like go against the state of California to be able to cooperate legally with uh, ICE. And it's just like you're really gonna waste tax dollar fucking money and just air on this like, issue. And the fact that this is just like in California it goes to show you that it doesn't matter where the fuck you're from. Ice I think is it's everywhere. Funny. Racists are everywhere. It is funny. Ugh. It's funny because Los Alamitos is in Orange County, actually. And oh, it is. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> I, I did a quick Google search, and I remember hearing in the news, and I just confirmed it. But the Huntington Beach. The city council voted to sue the state over their sanctuary city law. También? Yeah, so this no is no surprise. No, yeah, so this is like Orange County as fuck, you know, <laughs> like leave yeah, it to Orange, Orange County. County yeah, <laughs> like of course they'd vote to sue the state over sanctuary laws. Like of course, it's duh. Of course. Yeah. Uh, That's so why cool. I don't fuck with the OC. Like I know there, like there's some dope shit like Santa Ana, and like there's a bunch of really dope shit in terms of like, like Garden Grove people, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and people. But like, nah, fuck Orange County. I that's like a, an area that I and like parts of San Diego también that I'm just like, I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah. y'all used to like very clearly like segregate, and y'all used to do some really such shit, and you're still doing really such shit. And I just don't fuck with it. So, bye. Bye. (laughs) 
Alright, but now we're gonna go ahead and tell y'all what y'all can do. Yes, what can you do to alleviate something? Tweet. Of it? <laughs> Twitter changes the world. Nah. Just a but little bit at real. a time. Not yet, but for real, um, just I'd suggest knowing your rights. So the National Immigration uh, Law Center went ahead and published Know Your Rights. So there's these cute little like business card sized cards also that you can use that they tell you your rights. They also tell you to hand it over when a detention officer wants to speak with you just so that they know that you're exercising your rights to remain silent and also different rights that you just have. So these are available in, I I think this is pretty dope, that they're available in Chinese, Arabic, Spanish, Korean, and that the cards are available also in Farsi, Somali, Spanish, and Arabic. It's just like they clearly know that there are migrants from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of languages. Yeah. And they're trying to make this as accessible as possible. And they also have info based on where you encounter ICE officers. So, like, there's specific ones for, like, if you're you're in a detention raid, what are your rights? If you're in a healthcare facility and ICE workers or officers come in, what can you do? What are your rights if you are detained? You know, what if you're at work and they come in? You know, they have different scenarios for you to know your rights. So I think yeah. they're pretty dope. Definitely check them out. Go to a Know Your Rights workshop also. There's plenty hosted by your local ACLU or, I don't know, nonprofits. Kiwa for Justice in LA does them. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. Yeah, and I think it's really good to make sure you give these sort of resources to your own family members or to people that, you know, aren't necessarily like online looking for Know Your Rights. People who don't even know they have rights, essentially. Yeah. So if you are able to distribute that, like go to your, if you're a college student, I know that you have like page limits, free pages provided by your fucking university. Hopefully, I mean, mine did. I don't know if everyone else does. Wait, what do you mean? Print that shit out. Free printing. You didn't have free printing? No, we pay like 10 cents a page. Whack. Okay, well, <laughs> spend a fucking dollar and print ten copies. Yeah. And just distribute Post them, them to people that you that obviously like. Don't just like give it to someone that you think is undocumented, but like give it to people. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, pe- I think you, you might have, need like, this. <laughs> member, <laughs> if you have a wow. family member or someone close to you, you mm-hmm. know who you want to make sure that like they understand their rights like like here's this tarjeta like here's this little thing you know like you like use this if you are detained essentially or you are like stop do this like i did that with a few of my family members and they really appreciated it like they were like wow i didn't even know this shit existed which is like yeah i think it's good because these are like conversations that we as like first generation born in the united states americans yeah have to have these conversations with our family members who may be undocumented and just letting them know what rights they have and how they do have rights first and foremost you know like they're not unprotected and so just letting them know that having that conversation it's a tough one to have because it's it is a tough one immigration is a very touchy subject but it needs to be had because y'all want to be more safe than sorry in the future Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so definitely spend your like five bucks on printing and you know get this shit done and distribute another resource that i would like to share is from my fucking i'm always citing them in every single thing that we do but propublica uh has a lot of these like call outs or uh just essentially for people to submit information that is not necessarily freely available so they have one, and Kiwa has one specifically for Koreatown as well. But essentially, anytime you hear about Border Patrol or ICE in your area, like report it here so that they can map it and they can find out like what happened, the details and everything. So that that's a way just to keep ICE accountable. Yeah. And Kiwa has a very similar uh, number that you can call if you seek ICE in Koreatown, MacArthur Park, Pico Union, so that they can you know like come in and be like what was the situation like they are trained for these types of situations to help protect people and for people to know their rights so i highly recommend these resources as well and they will be all on our website we will link everything that we talked about and yeah Yeah. this is a very intense subject and this was a lot of information but the fact that so many little people know everything like i think we all know bits and pieces of like how shit's fucked up but, like, we don't know the laws and all these things as to why it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And 
this is a completely separate conversation with like court representation mm-hmm. and all these things, even though we touched on it. So we can go on about this for days. Yeah. <laughs> this is my this is my life. Yeah. So thank you, Sam. Thank you, thank you for yeah, all of this of information. Course. Of course. I love talking about this. I love letting people know what their rights are. Like that's why I wanna work in immigration even more. Just because y'all y'all saw it throughout this whole episode. It's fucking twisted. It'll get you mad. It'll make you want to do something. And I highly encourage y'all to do something. Yeah. So, Sam, can you give us the best vida? All right. So, this week's despedida is in the, the idea of self-care is also in outwards expressions of care. Does that make sense? And yes, in this, I think so too. yeah, yeah. So like, I think in this one, what I'm really gonna try to drive home is solidarity, motherfuckers. <laughs> but <laughs> <Real> like, <solidarity. laughs> yeah, like that that real shit. Not that I'm buying a pin that says that I'm for Black Lives. <laughs> Brown girl for <laughs> Black Lives. Yeah, Both like that shit. not that performative shit. Not that money going mm. into the wrong pocket shit. Solidarity yep. meaning that you're going out there. You're the people having the conversations with ICE officers if you're a citizen. You're, you're the, the person, person stopping, parking yeah. in front of an ICE van, being like, yeah. fuck ICE, like yep. clinging to the wheel, like, nah, you ain't going anywhere, like fighting nope. ICE. Use yep. your privilege as a citizen to fucking fight ICE, like literally. Yeah, yeah, because like, they're pieces of shit. Follow <laughs> Persimmon Facts. <laughs> Yes, no, but <laughs> that's that's the that's act of so self-care. True. No, but for yes. real, like practice solidarity in the sense that there are people who don't have the same privileges as you. And you got to check that and you got to use that privilege to work for once. Like if there's nothing you're going to stand up about, but the fact that you were born in a territory that gave you these rights, just do that. Protect the people around you who may not have those rights. Literally, mm-hmm. fuck ICE, like fuck them, and record everything they do. Hella, get in exactly. front of them, yeah. like keep them accountable for the shit they're doing. Because as we've learned throughout this episode, they're not being held accountable. So mm-hmm. do your part if you can. If you can't, get educated on as many rights as you have as possible. Seek help if possible. Just do what you can to like keep yourself cool too. Because like this is stressful shit. So like. Make sure you're checking yeah. in with yourself. Make sure you're checking if you're privileged, check in with those who aren't. It's just be there for each other. If you have the resources, possibly donate to pro bono immigration representation services. A lot of these mm-hmm. attention centers are extremely isolated in terms of just like geographic location. Yeah. So people can't even like get a lawyer to drive there. So there are a lot of groups that do free uh, legal representation for detained immigrants and detention centers we'll also link that below so if you want to donate or even just volunteer if you are near one of these places uh oh this is a huge update to a story that was ongoing in central american twitter ale who was detained by ice was recently let out on bail which is a great victory she was an organizer for like undocu rights so shout out for that and that's like amazing community organizing for someone who is obviously like a massive asset to a community yeah so that is something else that we will link to you know inform yourself about keep people accountable like fucking keep your receipts take notes be informed like a big reason why a lot of this shit is able to happen is just because people don't have eyes on it so yeah you know being really invested in investigative journalism, watchdog groups, all this shit is super important because we already know the government's fucked up. So let's like call them out on their shit and keep those receipts. Yeah. We all got to do our part. Mm-hmm. We all got to do our part for people who we say we're down for. Like, yep. are you really down for them if you're not willing to stop an ice man? I don't yep. know. <laughs> or are you doing just it saying. for the clout? Uh, yeah, or are you just doing it for the class? Like, wait, you know, save DACA. Like, okay, bitch. Like, your hashtag on Twitter isn't gonna do shit like no yeah. get arrested or some shit like use your privilege <laughs> like you're not gonna yeah. get deported if yep. for this stuff you know so you face very different consequences completely different consequences so exercise that fucking right do it <laughs> yes right. so hey, thank you so much for listening yeah thank y'all for tuning in i hope y'all got angry got all these fucking sources too so like yeah. go out do something with punch it. an ice officer do everything yeah. at the very least follow persimmon facts 
<laughs> Persimmon <laughs> facts is <laughs> yeah. fucking real. They're, they oh, tell man. you, fight an ice officer, and they're with the shits, and I feel it. Yes, I feel it too. So thank you so much. Please go to the resources of this episode. Just please, I highly encourage it. Like, there is so much information on this topic. And I highly recommend it. So, and we worked very hard to get it all together. So, yes, we did. Thank you. Thank (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.